shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. That we are one, even as you are, they are one. Bring us closer together. We, we are codependent on one another. That's God. That's how you know God's arrangements. And it, but if if in Satan's zone, he wants to break bonds. He wants to scatter. If you check it, if you check it, when God was saying six things I hate, seven things I detest, what was the last one? Who also had discord among brethren, breaking apart, breaking apart, breaking apart. That's Satan's hour. Everything he's trying to do is to break our cords apart. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will help the body. God will help us. Amen. Even in this hour. But you know what the enemy planned for evil? He turned it, God turned it around for good. Mm -hmm. I never knew. Remember we did Bilba's convention and we streamed. It was so powerful. It was shocking to me. There was, there was, even amongst us that were in the room. Mm -hmm. you get me? It, was, it hasn't kind of been like that. It was, you know... So it was like it was, a, it was even closer, even though we were six feet apart. Yeah. It gets me. I don't, I don't know how God just did it. God just turned things around. I even in this season, I know we have become more closer than before. Yes. Many of us yes. in this season. So God is wise, and He's always wiser than the devil. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. In fact, in God's realm, that's perfect in wisdom that Satan claims that they give him. Is foolishness in God's realm. Yeah. If you go into the realm of God, it's amongst the realm of creation that Satan has wisdom. Mm -hmm. But if he enters the realm of the creator, he's a fool. The realm of the creator. If you enter the realm of the creator, that realm that is higher than the heavens that Jesus prayed for, he's a what? He's a fool. He's a big fool. Praise the name of the Lord. But because we are all creation, we can be affected by his wisdom. Because his wisdom is part of what God created. Amen. So the day, let me just say, the day that you will not be troubled by that boy again, is the day you have passed into life. I'm not talking about die physically now. Eternal life. The one that Jesus prayed for. The glory I had with you before the world began that Jesus was raised higher than the heavens. Then he now says, in bringing many sons into glory, that where I am, where is he? Higher than the heavens. Yes. You may be also. When the day you attain that, Satan is no longer your problem. You will, he will be brought under your feet. Praise the name of the Lord. But as long as, long as you are still minding <laughs> earthly things, creation things, and Satan will also... <laughs> You also be troubled by the the guy that is full of wisdom in earthly things, in created things. Amen. Sorry, I don't know if I, that was a simple understanding I just gave. If we understand me well, Amen. So just bear with me. Let's open our scriptures. I'm going to start very simple today, and then we'll grow together. Are we ready? Are we in the house together, please? Amen. So uh, let's see Romans chapter one. And some of my people will know my. One of my most favorite scriptures, and it should be it should be like that. That is my foundational foundational scripture. 
That scripture is what has been keeping me all these years. It says, if the foundation of the righteous be cut short, what shall they do? If I'm never ashamed of the gospel of Christ, how would I ever fall? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Ask yourself the question. If you are never ashamed, what makes you fall is when you get when you're ashamed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when a man is ashamed of something, he cowers. Mm-hmm. He, will, he will go and hide his face. Do you get me? That means you are already turning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are never ashamed of this gospel, you will never fall. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. Why would I be ashamed of power? So the moment I begin to become ashamed of power, that God calls power, then I'm beginning to separate myself. I'm already falling. I'm in the process of falling. Amen. So let's, let's start simple. Uh, God will have a lot to say to us this morning that is going into afternoon. So you just sit down, relax, and have a good time. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, we are no longer famous says the attention span of a falling creature, a falling man is 45 minutes, not so. Uh, so prove that you're not a falling man today. <laughs> <laughs> Can you prove it? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Grace. Uh, grace. We need grace. Huh? That's a... <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It is for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For daring in it, inside it, inside it, I am going this slow to just bring everybody along. Inside the gospel of Christ, there are things inside the gospel of Christ. There are many things inside the gospel of Christ. Therein, plain English, not so. Inside this package, inside this gospel, inside this, uh, you know, these waters, inside this pool of waters, inside this pool called the gospel of Christ, which is the word of God, is what the righteousness of God revealed. It means it's many. They have to be revealing it. It's not just one. They have to be revealing it from faith to faith. Amen. Why do I call this the foundation? Because if you don't believe this scripture, you will not like preaching. You will not like hearing teaching. Why? Because I'm already born again. What are you saying again? But did you see they say from faith to faith? It means faith is a progress. Faith is a progression. You can grow in faith. There is growing faith. We call it faith towards God and faith of the Son of God. But for simplicity, I just call it growing faith. Am I communicating? Mm-hmm. Growing faith. Let's see First Peter chapter 1 verse 9. Just, just knock that point again. Foundational things. These things that if you know these things, you will never fall. Why? Because you will know that you need to keep hearing. You need to keep hearing revelation. A man who is a revealed man, a man who is a hearing, hearing and hearing, that man is a righteous man. That's what the Bible is saying. The righteousness I'm talking about now is not in your spirit. You're already righteous in your spirit because you are born again. The righteousness I'm talking about is the one the soul attains. Because John will say, the soul that doeth righteousness uh, is righteous. Amen. So let's see First Peter chapter 1 verse 9. It says, receiving the end of your faith. Amen. Even what? The salvation of your souls. Now, if there's the end of your faith, by virtue it means that there's a beginning of your faith. 
It's just simple English. Yes. But these are foundational things that if you don't know these things, if you are not settled on these things, you'll be shaking. Because you'll be questioning why why these teachings? Why do they have to be grooming me, teaching me, opening scripture all the time, opening the scripture all the time, teaching for one hour, two hours? Why can't we just do 30 minutes, someone, encourage one another, you know, charge one another and be going? It's because there is development in Christianity. And for salvation of the soul, you need the development. What happened when you got born again is you call it salvation of your spirit, really. How do I know that? If you are sincere with yourself, your soul did not really change. You still used to think the same way after you got born again. You still had the same tendencies. In fact, me, I used to go to the club after I got born again. And then, so you let me. So, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was one brother. I remember, I remember there was one brother in. Uh, that's just just <laughs> well, brother in in church. You, there was so one one pastor's son came from Ontario. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, for a youth program and ministered, and the brother was just not happy the whole time. You know, he too came from Ontario and knew him. So I now asked him, ah, "What's your problem? Why you? Why is your face like this?" <laughs> he said, "I know that brother. See how he's talking and speaking the tongues out of loudly." We know him from Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> like we go to club Saturday night and come because his pastor's son and still minister on Sunday morning. <laughs> and he ministers powerfully. <laughs> so, and you know, they're not looking at him. Wasn't even hearing anything he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> then you, you are very sensitive. He does So. You know, you know, you can with some little bit of religion, you can arrange yourself, comport yourself, but it is still in your soul. Yeah. They are there, they are there. You know it. I know it. If you are sincere, so it means that the day I got born again does not mean that my soul has come into full salvation. It means that I get born again to initiate the next level, salvation to the uttermost. As all, all, all the Bible says, yeah, yes, he's able, he, he was able to save you to the uttermost. Amen? And this salvation we talk about, when we talk about salvation of the soul, you know, last night as, as, I was teaching in the Faith Seekers Bible, so I was coming to my, oh God, as we were even worshipping, or just coming to my heart, God said, I should not be ashamed of these things. This is truth. Why should I be, you know, hiding it? The salvation of the soul. Mm-hmm. You get it. Yes, sometimes I don't like to say it because I know people will now say, "Ah, this will have come again. It's another salvation again. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is." You know, but I can sugarcoat it and say it's growing faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can say, which is also accurate, mm-hmm. that you are born again, but then you now have to grow. And this thing is so clear. It, it, Jesus could not even be clearer than how he was clear in the Bible. Let's go to John chapter three. Amen. Amen. Let's see John chapter 3. When you, it could not be clearer. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why people force things that are, you know, it is not, it's there and there, it's there, it's there and it's there. And it's so plain English, the way Jesus spoke about these things. And yet, it's still difficult to convey to people because people find it difficult to, to, to and argue it out. And so today we're going to argue it out because I'm going to teach you it, tell you what people will use and argue, and then teach you what, 
what they said in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's read from verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him. This Nicodemus came to Jesus. Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. What did he say? He cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen? I can be driving on that road and I will see this church. Wow, word of faith. And I've driven, you know, I walk very close by here. I drive this road every day. I see this church, but I never knew I'll be here. I'll be here teaching. We'll drive by. And, oh, wow, I see that church. Word of faith. Hmm. Sounds deep because this people, they maybe are, are they related to Higgin? I was always, every time I would drive past, every day be driving past and be wondering if they are related to Copeland, can a Copeland, can a Higgin? But I did not know. The day I confirmed is when I came to speak to the pastor. I came in, then I saw their books, I saw, I spoke to him and the relationship. And like, okay, so you see, it's one thing to see and it's one thing to enter. So I can be driving by and saying, what of it, what of it? And not just thinking, okay, what of it? But then for me to now step in and actually see, wow, this is actually a nice church, bro. Look at they even giving us free books. <laughs> I almost want to pack the old t- table. You know, I'm just trying to be nice. I don't think some people understand the treasures that are out there in those books. You don't see those every day. Yeah, no. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, but now I enter and I'm saying, wow, I actually like this place. Amen. So it's a different thing. So Jesus was saying, except a man be born again, and it's very important. It's too important to be born again because if you don't see something, let's say if I'm not driving this road, how would I ever know? The reason I knew about this church to contact them is because I've been driving it up and down. So when I was researching churches, let's see, let, let's see where we can meet because they say we cannot meet in the house again. So by the time I was researching churches and I saw this one, I said, I know this place. These are the things stood out. That's what that's the connection. So if you're not born again, you can't even forget what is kingdom, or you don't even know what it is. It's foreign to you. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. Yes. You can't connect it. So that's why being born again is too important. Mm-hmm. Amen. And we can never neglect that. Being born again is too important. But the reason for to be born again is for to see something. Mm. It, it is one of the songs we sing. I want to see something. I want to see something to walk by faith. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and this is like we have all kinds of songs. <laughs> eh? If you can hear you stories, you come into all kinds of ministrations, worship ministrations. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So it says, except, very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus was talking his own, but Jesus was talking to us. So we didn't really bother with Nicodemus. Let's go to Gen, uh, verse 5. Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, not a word, and of spirit, not so. Ephesians 5, verse 26 says, And he shall. Wash out by the washing of the water by the word. So water is word. So except a man be born of word, meaning you must have heard word. You must have been cultured by word. To be born by something means you have become that something. Yeah. You have been bettered by it. You have been cultured by it. You have been dealt with by it. You have been bastos by it. Mm. You get <laughs> you get me. <laughs> has to be born by it. Yeah. To be born. Born by of water 
and of the spirit he cannot enter he cannot enter he cannot enter so entrance you will take christ to enter you take the doctrine of christ you will take the revelation of the person of christ in you christ being formed in you it's a travail the little children whom i travel again again is a travail if paul was is paul lying who was he traveling for was he traveling for unbelievers no he was traveling for the church that he was preaching to he was ministering to the galatian church they were all born again in that church traveling for people who were born again till christ be formed in you mm. it's for the purpose of entering into the kingdom okay now let me now let me now tell you what people will now tell me in response ah pastor james well done wow these scriptures are powerful but you know the bible says it is the it is with much pleasure it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Does that not mean that if it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, does that not mean that we've already entered the kingdom when we were born again? I said, okay, no problem. Well, yeah, let's go to that scripture where it says it is the Father's good pleasure to what? To enter, make us enter the scripture. Who can find it for me? Let's go to that scripture. I believe it's in Matthew. You need verse 10 now, chapter 10 now. Luke 12. Excellent. Luke chapter 12. Let's go and tackle it from the source. Also, Luke chapter 12, verse what? Verse 32. Wonderful. So, verse 32 says, Fear not, little flock. It means... He has said some things that made them afraid. Mm -hmm. Then he now says, fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, if you just take that one verse, you say, ah, we already have the kingdom. It's the father's good pleasure. No. Jesus had beaten them with some words from, from the beginning of Luke chapter 12. Yeah. Well, let's start from verse 22. Yeah. <laughs> If Jesus tells you this thing, he has to, he has to balance it. <laughs> that actually, no, it's not as though God is vexing for you. Because all these things are demanding from you. God is not angry with you. It's actually his good pleasure for you to, to give you the kingdom. But the demand of this kingdom is, is what it is. He says, and he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Yea. You put, and I can just picture Peter. <laughs> <laughs> You get me? Go ahead, my sister. Say again. Verse 22. 22. And he says unto his disciples, so this is the context before Jesus now said to say, Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you what? The kingdom. The context is that he has really taught them the kingdom. And they were all putting their heads on their, their hands on their heads. Jesus in their soul. Jesus knew that they, this, I've finished these people today. <laughs> I've finished these people today. They will think this is impossible. No, but it's, there's grace for it. Yeah. That's why it's the Father's good pleasure to give it to you. He giveth grace to the humble. He will give you grace to take no thought. Do you know how he give you the grace to take no thought? He will give you a replacement thought to be taken. Yes. That's what we're visiting in, S, in School of the Spirit in the interactive session. 
It's not that take no thought. It's not that you will not be thinking okay, anything. Yeah. God will teach you what to be thinking. Mm -hmm. The reason for the doctrine of Christ is to power thoughts. Yes. It's to power the household. Mm -hmm. It will power thoughts in you. New thoughts. Christ thoughts. Then Paul, you know, Paul will now say, for you have the mind of Christ. You know, Femi has thought this thing before. That he wasn't talking to everybody generally. If you can't read the context of the Corinthians, mm -hmm. he was talking to people who were like him, who has, has been teaching with the mind of Christ. It means the doctrine of Christ empowers a mind. Yes. Because it's in your mind you take thoughts. Yes. The reason for all these many learnings, why it's good that it be two hours of teaching. Mm -hmm. Be happy. Mm -hmm. You need more than that. To well up things that will now spring up what we call the thoughts of everlasting life. He says, For out of your belly flow the rivers of living water, which is what? The word that will give you thoughts of everlasting life. It will give you thoughts of life. This, this is the process. So you cannot skip training. You cannot skip Mary ministry mm -hmm. sitting at his feet to hear him. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Nobody can skip school. You can't skip school and become a doctor, can you? Uh -huh. You can't skip this school. You cannot skip this school. And we will say, oh no, I'm not ready. Maybe when I turn to 35. When I'm 35 years old and I, you know, my life is balanced and I have the time. Hmm, you don't know the devil you are playing with. Before you reach the 35. He would have finished you. <laughs> hmm? Last week I was sharing that. When a, when a, when a demon leaves a man. Hmm? What would he do? After a while, he will come back and come and check out the soul. As this, as he been hearing something else that replaces my my presence. If you say I have not been hearing anything, what would they gonna do? He will go and carry seven more wickeder demons to bind you. So if you say, "Oh, this is not for me," later the devil is over in space. He will go and bind you with chains, fetters of iron. I'm not swearing for anybody, but that's I know how I know how wicked he is. Don't worry, we know how wicked that this guy is not a, he's not a, he's not a friendly guy. Though he may appear like an angel of light, don't joke with him. He's a terrible fellow. He he cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. What a process. What a process. He also has his own process. Am I communicating? He also has his own process. Do you know? Let me give you an example. You know, Satan can just raise one. I have this one now. He's like Apostle Yellow Man. <laughs> because really, there's an Apostle Yellow Man in Lagos. <laughs> he wears yellow all the time. And then, you know, his poster, he, he uses fine girls. He put it on the poster and say, All the fine girls are in this church. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm serious. Yes, he has the poster. You get me, and people actually go. The church is actually full. Apostle Yellow Man. <laughs> Why would Satan allow such a person to fail to? Is Satan no? Why would they allow such a fellow to rise up? So that the day the fellow will fall, what will happen to souls? It's not forget about the Yellow Man. It's you. It's, it's the souls that is after. The news that will break out is <laughs> wicked. Mm. Mm. 
That's why in most situations you allow God to judge. Mm. Don't don't because of maybe something happened, you now go and scatter your own faith. Allow God to judge his wisdom. Not because of numerate, whatever you have heard, what about allow the reason just, just for the purpose of saving yourself. Because it's you he wants to kill. Mm. Amen. Let me use myself as an example. Oh, anyway, I've asked God for mercy. God has forgiven me. <laughs> when I was in secondary school, you get me. As a bad boy, he spoke with, he used to do all kinds of things. I introduced many boys to that lifestyle. As some of us were friends on Facebook, they have not changed. <laughs> me, I have changed. Mm. <laughs> huh? Are you seeing that? So it means that you, you are following Christ. Somebody will come and tell you, forget that thing. Mm. Ah, I'll be you God enjoy your life. You, you will not leave Christ. The boy later will not be converted and inherit eternal life. And that is just. The boy repented. You, you were in the faith, you left, and you don't want to repent back. <laughs> Amen. Don't let any man kill your faith. It's your faith. It's your faith. It's your own faith. It's not even my faith. Me, I have my own faith. It's your own faith. Mm. God does not judge as a company. God judges one by one. Kai. And the reason why Satan raises things, all kinds of arrows, is to get at the souls of believers. Amen. You know, some people, all some Christians, years old, that they put all their trust in Trump. You know, so I won't have a lot of the questions in, the, in our interactive session in our Friday Bible study. So we will ask, why is it that so many prophets prophesied that Trump will win second term and then he did not win? Is it that God is, what happened, that God is a liar of the liars? I say, yeah. We don't have to be, we don't have to be careful in answering the question. You get me? <laughs> Amen. How can I put all your, your trust in one man? The man may have been pleasing God initially. It's possible that maybe God saw the man started going to doing some other things and was not going to benefit his will. The Bible says he who worketh all things according to the counsel of his own will. Are you hearing me? Who worketh all things according to the counsel of his own will? That's what he uses to judge. So if maybe Mr. Trump is not doing the thing anymore, Mr. Trump should come and be going. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> simple. It's a simple equation. Praise the name of the Lord. The first time I actually heard it was Daddy was ministered it. Reverend King, our Father in the Lord. He came in, uh, we had uh, that Deliverance Convention in 20, it was in 2016, after an election just happened in Canada. And the guy who was the Prime Minister before was a Christian. Signed up for church, but he was also doing some other things. That I know was against the counsel of God's will for Canada. Do you get me? Then the person who replaced him, <laughs> we all know it's <laughs> very far. <laughs> but then he also permits those things that that other man was not permitting. And so when the, that election happened, we were confused. I was confused. Why would God allow this thing to happen? 
So that was now teaching us on First Timothy. How he said we should pray for all men. I don't know if we can even go there. Let me just show you. Let me just, let's just visit these things. Amen. So that we can know that God does not judge. Amen. God does not judge like men judges. God does not judge according to outward appearance. How does God judge? My sisters, my brothers? According to the counsel of his own will. And it's God who knows the hearts of men more than you do. So he knows hearts who can do will. And he knows hearts who cannot do will. Later on, they will manifest themselves. But most men, will, when they are voting, if you, if, if you ask Israel, vote, let's do an election. On the ballot, PDP is King Saul. APC is King David. You get me? Republican is King this is Saul. Democrat is King David. Let me tell you, all Israel will vote for King Saul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said what? All Israel. All Israel. 98 to 2 percent they will vote for king saul in fact before they even vote for king david they will first vote for all of king david's brothers mm-hmm. all seven of them first yes before they vote for king david because men look at the outward appearance and king saul was also a proper man mm. a righteous man put together he also knew it scriptures in fact he will tell you that he wants to do he wants to establish the church of god in israel Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he will say. <laughs> I don't know if I'm communicating. Now, I'll say we should read First Timothy. Yeah. Amen. First Timothy chapter two. two, two. Then I will share about King. I'll share more about King. So I want to just I'll give you more insight about how how God what you see is not what God sees. God judges differently. So First Timothy is it First Timothy chapter two? It says, "I exhort thee, therefore, from verse one." That first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse 2, for kings and for all that are in authority. That for what purpose? That we may lead a quiet, a what? A quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who will have all men to be what? Saved. And what? And to come to the knowledge of the truth. It means when there is war, it's not easy to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. When there is strife in a nation, it's not easy to establish truth. Because you have to be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. For me to be taking all this to all this time, for us to be doing all this time, all these teachings. If there was no peace in Canada, you won't be here. In fact, just okay, this one not even peace. Coronavirus brings a little bit of strife. Some of you they don't want to stream anymore. They are, the, the thing that has affected their Christian faith. You see, whenever they strive, what happens is that is, uh, God knows that for people to sit down well properly and endure the journey of salvation, they will not be able to. So God arranges kings in a way that even though sometimes the king may not be according to maybe the fruits are evil, but the king is able to do something in the nation that will allow the gospel of peace to prosper. That will bring a peace to the nation that will allow the preaching of this gospel to, to prosper. And what's the, what's the will of God? Romans chapter 8. That all men may be conformed to the image of his son. Am I talking too fast? Are we okay? What is the will of God? That all men may be conformed to the image of his son. Romans chapter 8. Is there. 
that all men may be conformed to the image of his son. In fact, let us see it. It's there. It's clear. Let's open the scriptures this morning if we can. It's like there's a lot to cover in the spirit, isn't it? So I'm kind of rushing it, but there's a lot. Amen. Romans chapter 8, uh, what verse is that? 28. 28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. So now they're about to reveal his purpose. Amen. We're in the house together, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're about to t- reveal whose purpose? His purpose. Now, what is his purpose? Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to what? The to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn amongst what? Many brethren. To be conformed to what? To the image of his son. Now, remember I said, Amen. Amen. Remember I said, what did I say? That God who worketh all things according to the counsel of what? His own will. Now we know his, his purpose, meaning his own will, for you to be conformed to the image of his son. And we know to be conformed to the image of his son, you need all the gospel of his son. And all the gospel of his son is righteousness revealed many. Many waters from faith to faith. So God knows that his will will take time to be done. Mm-hmm. Are you now getting me? Yes. God knows that it will take time. You will, t- you will have to get men to be staying, to be abiding for the seasons. His will is going to take time to be done. So it means that in order for his will to be done, God will need to set up kings, set up dominions that will permit peace in a land. So that men can take the time for the development of their souls to be conformed to the image of his son. Did everybody hear me? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing the wisdom of God now? This is how God judges everything. Everything God is judging. Who will rule a nation? Who will be the governor of a city? Who will be the governor of a state? Who will be the municipal leader? Who will be your pastor? Who will lead you? Everything God is judging is what is going to bring peace Mm -hmm. what is going to bring men to be able to sit down and learn what it takes to be conformed to the image of my son that's god's judgment and on the on the flip side (laughs) on the other side what is satan's judgment (laughs) what can i do to just scatter things Yeah, these people are becoming, they are beginning to gather. And they are learning Christ though. Hey, this is happening. And in Nigeria, they already, there are many now. In Canada, they are, they are gathering, they are becoming many. In the US, they've also entered the US. Light of in the UK, they are there. They are in Austria now. They are in Italy. Yeah, India. Okay, what can we do? Let's, let's scatter them. Coro- coronavirus. <laughs> let's scatter things. See, even churches, some, some men of God are beginning to teach things. They're not teaching the thing. Their tongue is changing. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh yeah, oh, uh, uh, my boys, angel of sickness, <laughs> demon of sickness. <laughs> 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 
Ja, vi måste spruta oss inte det. What are you working on? I don't know, we're working on something in Wuhan, in one lab in China right now. I think this one will get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> Hands are leprous. Yes. If Satan's hand don't let his hand touch you, unfortunately, his face has already touched all of us. Yeah. David says that. There is true. David said that for my mother's womb, I was conceived in sin. Mm-hmm. The Bible calls Satan the god of this world. Mm-hmm. It means that he, what is what is in your face? Knowledge. Mm-hmm. It means that his wisdom and his knowledge is what governs this world. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, we were born into it. Mm-hmm. We were born into a wisdom of this world that governed this world. So unfortunately, we already had training of his wisdom. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now we are now trying to have training of a new face. Mm-hmm. Not so the face of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Amen. I just for some people, let me prove it to you. Numbers chapter six. Numbers chapter six, verse twenty-two. Oh, we are going to visit scriptures today. Numbers chapter 6 from verse 22. Is everybody okay? Amen. Praise God. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron. Are we there? I want us to be there. It says, Speak unto Aaron, now verse 23, and unto his son, saying, On this wise you shall bless. This is how you bless my people. Israel, my people. On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, what shall you say unto them? The Lord bless thee and keep thee. Now, how do you bless? Verse 25. The Lord make his face, what? Shine upon thee. And what, what does that mean? He's being gracious to you. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. So, meaning, what resides in the face, in anybody's face? For example, uh, what resides in my face is what I know. Amen. Because that's where my brain is. That's where my knowledge is. That's where my mind is. Amen. So why will God send his face, his knowledge to man? It means that before, before he, and it's called blessing. It means that before he sent his face, you were not blessed. Mm-hmm. But you had the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Before God sent his face. He said, this is how you bless my people. Before God sent Moses and Aaron, they were not blessed. They didn't have the face. But they had a knowledge they were living by. It was called Egypt. Mm-hmm. What they learned in Egypt. Mm-hmm. That knowledge is what we call Satan's face. Mm-hmm. Because it's Lucifer, the dragon who, who, who meted out knowledges for nations. If you check it, every, every culture has their own issue. <laughs> Huh? You know, why, why this discord amongst the cultures? It's because the Igbo man sees the issue of the Yoruba man. Mm-hmm. The Yoruba man sees the issue of the Igbo man. And that's what they will focus on. Mm-hmm. And that's the enmity between them. Yes. <laughs> Who did all of that? It's Satan. Who gave Boko Haram, Al-Qaeda, the knowledge? To do what they are doing, is Satan? Is it not a knowledge? It's a knowledge. What kind of what kind of wisdom it is? I need to I, until it happened. We nobody had the wisdom before. Mm-hmm. That was a terrific wisdom. 
come into America, train like a pilot, then you're now a full-blown pilot. See the years of planning. Mm -hmm. You have your degree as a pilot. Then you can fly a plane. As it, who the, the eyes have not seen that. <laughs> who, has, it, has it occurred to you before, that kind of wisdom? Where did it come from? It's a knowledge, it's a wisdom that somebody trained a dark spirit. Amen. An evil spirit trained the mind of those men to come up, concoct such a plot, such a plan, such a plot. So are we seeing that? Are we seeing that? Before we even start learning God's knowledge, you see some men are wise. The Bible calls it the wisdom of this world. Yes. Some men are wise. Before even before they start even hearing about God's knowledge, men already have some kind of knowledge. Hey. <laughs> men already have some kind of knowledge that they are living by. Men already have some kind of knowledge that they are what? That they are living by. So when God wants to bless a man, he will come with his own knowledge. Yes. But not everybody likes God's knowledge. Mm. The enemy did something to us. It, the enemy also taught us, guard your heart with all diligence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why? I have put my knowledge in the heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, if anybody comes to teach you otherwise, fight him. Mm -hmm. That's why we always resist the gospel. When I mean the gospel now, not just the elementary. We want to get many men born again. Why can't they do a whole congregation? That Gio will say, I'm counting to ten. Why does he have to count to ten? And people are still... <laughs> then he will not drag the ten. Mm. You get it? <laughs> because he knows men. He knows souls of men. They are still considering whether to go or not. So all at that little dimension, men are resisting the gospel. Then even much more, you are now born again. They now say, no, we need to learn Christ. You say, I'm once saved, forever saved. I'm born again. You people are just doing law, legal. People are talking English. You see, all those thoughts are your guards. Mm -hmm. The guards that you learned, resistances that was developed in you over time in this world as against the gospel. The race, Satan is not a small boy. He did layers of guards. The first guard is before you get born again. Am I blessing somebody in the house today? Amen? I remember, do you remember there was many years ago, went to go and preach, went to do evangelism in one neighborhood close to that old church there. And there was one man that we had to come back in the evening to come yes, and visit him. Hmm? The man was ready, God was preparing him to get born again. He has been watching tapes on TV, some Christian tapes. But then Satan was trying to use his wife to stop him. Just, you know, because she, they were both non-believers. So, whenever the man is watching the tape, <laughs> the wife will just interject her comments. Why are they always collecting money at the end of the session? <laughs> this will be just money they want to. That's what the guy was telling us. So, he was resisting coming to church because of what the wife had said about money so he was afraid that if he comes to church to give his life that the pastor they will collect his money 
That's just number one defense that the enemy has put in men. This was just to, for it to won't get born again. Now that it now get born again, you now say, ah, I've tried. Abi, I've tried now. We'll make heaven. Yeah, and you make heaven. Yes, we make, Abi, we'll make heaven. Yeah, let's make heaven. Let's, that's okay. And so that's another guard as against moving further in the gospel. And indeed, you will make heaven. It's not a lie. If you are born again, you will make heaven. The only problem is that uh, they are changing heaven too. Not so. The Bible says it will change it like a garment. garment. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. It will change it like a vesture. Like a garment. You know how you change your sweater? That's how God will change heaven. Then he now said something. He now pointed us to something else. He says, but here a minute. He's now pointing us that your, the true hope of your calling is eternal life. Is to remain is eternal life. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we blessed in the house today? And don't be offended as your brethren that don't believe they don't believe in making heaven because it's okay to believe in making heaven. Because if you are born again, you will make heaven. It's not a lie. You will make heaven. But eternal life is a whole different ballgame, as we are seeing. Kingdom of God is different than heaven. Because the Bible says his kingdom ruled over all. His kingdom is actually higher than the heavens. Mm -hmm. And it's in that realm you have eternal life. So they are not lying. They just don't have the light. Amen. And I, there's one reason why I can't fault them at all. It's because I know what they need to have that light. Let me show you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Glory to God. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I know what they need to have that light. Let's see it together. From verse 15, it says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What is he praying for? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you unto you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, pause here. It means before you had this spirit of wisdom and revelation, what happened? You did not know him. Because they said to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? In the knowledge of him. You did not know him the way he ought to be known. The Bible confirms it in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, where it says, For he who useth milk is what? He is a babe, for he is unskillful in the, in the word of righteousness. Unskillfulness means that you will be inaccurate. When you are unskillful, means that you will be making errors. You will be judging incorrectly. For example, you will think you have entered the kingdom when you have not. That's being unskillful. And now, the moment, this is why it's a grave mistake. The moment you think you already arrived, why do I need to now endure listening to people talk for two hours, three hours? Why? There's no point. There's no zeal for it. You can even be here, but you're not profiting. Why? Because you feel it doesn't, it doesn't add to you. It's not necessary for your, for your entrance. The moment you don't feel that you need, you need doctrine of Christ for to enter kingdom, you would not, it will not profit you. That's why the, 
that thing is a, is a dangerous thing. So the moment Paul saw that this church, he was, he was writing to the Ephesian church. Amen. 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 Are we together in the house, please? He was writing to who? To the church of, at Ephesus. That's what verse 1 of chapter 1 says. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are where? At Ephesus. I'm writing to born again believers. Is the reason why he confirmed that in 15 saying, After I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, meaning they were born again, not only they were born again, they were serving and loved to all the saints. They were serving in the body. Then Paul now says, I now need to pray for you because you need something. Without this thing I'm about to pray for, you will not be able to know him. And not just that, let's go further in verse 18. Without the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, not so, verse 18 will not happen. Because verse 18 happens as a result of this prayer. Verse 18 happens as a result of the spirit and revelation, spirit of wisdom and revelation resting upon you. When the spirit of wisdom and revelation rests upon you, why is wisdom and revelation? Remember I taught you from Romans chapter 1 that the gospel of Christ, we are not ashamed of it. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. For what is inside it? Righteousness, what? Revealed. Revelation. You need revelation. You need revelation. Somebody say, I need revelation. I need revelation. I need revelation of the gospel of Christ. This is your life. This is your foundation. The Bible says, if the foundation of the righteous be cut short, what shall they do? This is our foundation. The foundation of the righteous man is that he's a hearer of the word of Christ. That's the foundation. That is the foundation. John chapter 15 verse 3 says, Jesus says, Ye are clean already because of the words that are spoken unto you. It means the words he's speaking makes you right, makes you clean. It's a cleanser. It is your foundation. Is what you rest. This is where you build your house upon. He says, "Any man builds his house upon this rock, what will not? It shall be like a. It shall be like. Not so. What will happen? That the storm will come. It will not wither. It will not shake. The house will not fall. This is the rock. Is the rock of revelation. Jesus confirmed it too when he had an interaction with the the, the, the apostles and with Peter. Amen. And what did Peter say? Peter say. Peter said that thou art the Christ, the what? The Son of the Living God. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Then what did Jesus say in response to Peter? Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Upon this rock, what rock? Of revelation. It wasn't Peter. Because Jesus is the rock, not Peter. Oh my God. Not so? Yes. Who is the chief cornerstone? Jesus. Jesus is the rock, not Peter. The revelation of his person is the rock. Upon this rock, what just happened to you, Peter? That is the rock upon which I will build my church. That my father, I say flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father which is in heaven, that download is a rock. That download, we should be subscribers to the download of God. It's called revelation of righteousness. You should build your house upon the hearing of the download of God. 
Amen. I think now we are now making, we are entering the thing now. Why should you build your house upon the revealed knowledge of Christ? Why? Because there are certain things you'll be unskillful, you'll be making errors in thought processes of how God behaves, how God relates with you. And as long as you'll be making errors, door, wide door is open for Satan to attack. As long as you're making missteps. For example, if you think you enter the kingdom where you have not, and you're not doing what it takes to enter, you say you are opened yourself to false understandings, false doctrines, false behaviors, false movement of Christianity. How do I know this? Do you know there are many people who preach kingdom as inheriting the earth? Mm-hmm. Femi, you know it. Yeah. We've seen them. Yeah, we've seen them, yeah. They are preaching the kingdom, but they will paint what they will paint before you is this world. We have to take over media, take over the government, take over this, take over that. Then we are now establishing the kingdom. No, God never told you to take over anything. How do I know God did not tell you to take over anything? God did not tell Jesus to take over anything. Everybody around Jesus wanted him to take over governments. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. Now, I have to balance it. Uh, <laughs> I have to balance it for my, you know. Well, <laughs> uh, I've just said the truth. And now I'll balance the truth. <laughs> I've said the truth anyways. <laughs> I have to balance it. God can maybe put you in places of authority to, to step in. Amen? And to make a difference that will help the body. Mm-hmm. So if God did not send you, don't try it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, my sister. I don't, I'm not sure if I want to ask questions. Yes, yeah, you're allowed to. Yes. But I think we see where they're coming from because the attitude has a whole. Um, um, I don't know what's my heart. Yes. Say, so so blessed are the peacemakers, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Yes. yes. So, how do you justify that? And then, my second question is so now I'm pointing to my question that to me seems, you know, right, a bit difficult because if you don't answer it in a proper way and I'm an unbeliever, right, you might throw me away from God. Yes. So how do you. I guess, yes. How do you get the wisdom to answer questions like this to unbelievers? To unbelievers, praise God. Yes, okay. So the, uh, the, first question, uh, the first question is this. There's a difference between the world and the earth. The Bible says the earth and the fullness thereof is the Lord and all that dwell therein. Now, there's a stupid boy came in and established a system called this world. Well, I shouldn't call him a stupid boy because he used wisdom to do the thing I did. It's not that stupid. It's not that stupid. He's going to hit him. I call him a stupid boy. But he really, he really designed something beautiful. Is that this world, whenever you see this world, just know you are, you are looking at an angelic design. Mm. And angels, anything they do, they are beautiful. This is a fallen angel, but it's still beautiful. So this world is attractive. Now, um, when, when, when you preach kingdom as in taking over government, media, that's this world really. Yes. Mm. Not the earth. It's really, it's not the earth. It's this world. Oh. The earth is this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall follow you. Meaning, they lead you to the earth. Because in the beginning, the spirit of God was hovering upon the earth. And he said, let there be. And there was not. So God said, so he knows where your blessing is. So, to inherit the earth, the meek, the Bible says the meek will they guide. Guide, yes. Now, so in the Psalm says the meek will they guide in judgment. 
It means that when a man is meek, the Holy Ghost will come and guide him. And when the Holy Ghost takes over your leading, it will always lead you to prosperity according to God's design. Mm -hmm. That's the inheriting of the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you answer people who are unbelievers and stuff like that? If you, um, I'll just make it very simple. If you don't have the answer, the well-up knowledge to answer, uh, then just say, I don't really know the answer fully. Uh, don't force it because sometimes you can do more damage than help. But if you do know the answer and it's plain in the Bible, show it. Do you get me? So that's why, because if not, the Bible says we're not getting into too many controversies. I remember when me and Femi started in the Bible study we used to go for, we used to enter a lot of controversies. Ah. <laughs> you know, we'll come with. <laughs> and nobody's, nobody's, nobody's receiving our. <laughs> so we'll go, after we leave Bible study, we'll be frustrated. <laughs> Until we learn wisdom, we learn wisdom in that, in the sense that if you ask the answer and it's proper, you can put it together, give it to the people. If they are still not receiving it, let them be. Mm -hmm. Out of the maybe out of ten, I, what we we'll find out is that one or two of them are receiving it. Don't fight it. If you have the answer, give it. And if they still don't like it, then let them be. If you don't have the answer, um, just say I don't know. I can go and do more research on it. For me, I just know that God is good. I have, I have a personal testimony with Jesus. But I just don't know. The thing, I don't have the full understanding. There must be a reason why God did. You know, somebody will ask me a question about the Bible is paradoxical. You know, in the sense that they will say God is good. Yet God told a king to go and kill a whole nation. You get you know those kind of questions. Okay. So, but because I may have, I have the well up of us. I'm able to answer it properly. But most people don't know the context of the story. In that situation, say me, I just know that God has been good to me. I have a personal testimony. I God must have a reason for doing that. I don't know. Uh -huh. Does that help? Just to make it simple. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yes, it's okay. Okay. So, you know how, you know how, um, it's, I don't know if you advise this, but, you know, personally, if, um, you, if when I do Bible study like this, yes. I usually study on my own. Not often. Yes. You know, but I would do it every once in a while. So, what do you do when you study a scripture that you all studied, and while in Bible study, um, there was a general understanding. Okay. But when you studied on your own, you got a different understanding from that scripture. How oh, to wow. address that kind of situation? Femi, do you want to? start learning to separate our personal study from general um, God wants to reach out to you by yourself because of where he's taking you to and there are literal understanding to the scripture that one that you got is your own revelation you get that's what God wants you to use to start living your own life but there are understandings in the scripture according to the law way maybe the topic is there are scriptures that I want to use um, there are scriptures that I can use it for prosperity. I can also use it for sickness. I can use it. So at the Bible study, it might be in the direction of prosperity. You get. But when you now go and study the scripture, God is using it in the direction of how to heal your body. Do you get what I'm saying? So you can separate that. But it doesn't mean that what they taught at Bible study is wrong. Do you get what I'm saying? It means that God just came to reach you personally on a part of it that he wants to reach out to. No, 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 no. Is yeah. your is with your spirit? No, no. It doesn't matter. 
unless you want to get better understanding from the spiritual leader, yes, but it doesn't have to be. You don't have to. And you don't have to go and prove the fact that you've got another revelation. Uh -huh. yeah. You don't go and prove it. Uh -huh. <laughs> What I've learned in my life over time, and I've made mistakes in the past, is that as God grows me, I've learned how to hide some things. Yeah, it's actually a wisdom. It's not, I've learned how to balance. I don't share everything that God tells me or teaches me in. You get me? Uh, except maybe you really push me to get it. <laughs> it's like some of you that really push me hard and like I will share it but normally I've learned how to keep some things to myself because it may be something God is working on me personally on but you are not there yet uh -huh. so amen Praise are we ready in the house uh, God still wants to bless us to this morning afternoon amen amen we still have about 50 minutes and there's still a lot to be said. So I just want, do we need a break? Do you want a two minute quick break? Uh, our retention, so that means none of us are falling men. <laughs> because we are passed. <laughs> we are past 45 minutes, so if people are still strong, your attention is still okay. <laughs> Everybody is okay, praise God. All right, let's continue. Ephesians chapter one, I'm still reading there. Amen, this is where they want us to go today. today. Ephesians chapter one, I'm still reading there. Verse 17. Amen. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So it means that you didn't really know him until this spirit came. Until they prayed for you and you got the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Is that clear? So then it means everything after this you don't know until that spirit comes. Everything Paul begins to say now comes as a result of the spirit of wisdom and revelation resting on you. First, in the knowledge of you, then what the spirit of wisdom and revelation does, number two, is that the eyes of your understanding will become enlightened. Do you get me? That's number two. Then number three, what will you do? You will now know the hope of your calling. Ah, this is deep. This is, this is where I want to stay. It means that before your eyes were opened, you did not know your hope of your calling. And that's why, you know what I tell you? It means that one, before your eyes were open, it's not clear. And that must be crystal clear because I'm about to move further now. It means that before your eyes were open, you did not what? You did not know the hope of your calling. Now, are you now seeing why you, we can't blame our brethren who all they know is to make heaven? This is why. Heaven is not the hope of your calling. And you can't blame anybody. It's just how it is. It's a generic concept everybody understands. I'm born again, I'll make it to heaven where my father is. So that's understandable. But Paul is now making it clear that when you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and begin to come into the knowledge of him, then one thing that they will begin to teach you is skill, understanding of appropriate things, putting the things in order. That no, it's not just to make heaven per se. I need to become somebody. It's called the Son of God. And as I become that person, I will now have eternal life. And so the, real, the true hope of your calling is what? Is eternal life. The Bible says this is the promise. What is promise? Hope. 
Okay. You don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Chilima, I promise you a car. I'll buy you a car. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, I promise. <laughs> I wanted to shade you now, but I'm not shade you at all. I just kept that all to myself. I don't even can guess the shade. You know me, I think I can guess. You can guess. Amen. Let me keep that be safe. My daughter. Amen. Uh, so, well, I can say I promise you a car. I did not tell you the year I'm going to give you the car. I did not tell you the year. I just said I promise you a car. <laughs> it could be that I'm waiting to see some things in you before I give you the car. Because eternal life is a reward. Before I give you the you must have developed. God will see a fully from Christ, then He will give you. The eternal life as a reward. That's what we talk about. Some of us may know we call it inheritance and reward. Mm -hmm. Your development in Christ is your inheritance. They call it the unsearchable riches of Christ yes. until you come to fullness, mm -hmm. meaning you become precious in mm -hmm. His sight. Then He will give you reward. We call it eternal life. That's why it's a promise. This is the promise that He has promised us, even eternal life. Now let's let's face this, let's tackle this thing now because now we are, are speaking amongst enlightened brethren about the message of God and trusting God. And if the adventure, this spirit of wisdom and revelation has not rested upon you, I pray for you today in the name of Jesus. The insights into the scriptures will fall upon your heart Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You have to be praying this prayer. Yes. Hmm? One of the greatest ministers of God. Is a God's general, Kenneth E. Hagin. Hear me. What was he praying? Where I read his book? For six months. For six months straight. And he, not that he was praying it for his whole lifetime. But it means what he was saying is that for six months straight, he was not praying any other six, any other prayer point than this Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. To tell you how serious it is. No wonder they call him the father, Papa Hagin, the father of all of faith. Tell you how serious it is. Because when I begin to know that I don't know him if I don't have this thing. Mm. I don't know what the hope of my calling is if I don't have this thing. It means I can I can end up in a wrong calling. Mm -hmm. I can start be making errors because I'm making wrong judgment because I don't have this blessing. Mm. This blessed spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, this is uh, now I don't know if there, maybe there's anybody new online wrong. People are talking about another spirit again. No, this is part of Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Amen? And I'll prove it to you. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Holy Ghost has seven operations. The first two operations is, this, is the spirit of wisdom. And what? Revelation. And revelation, which is understanding. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, you can read it on your own time. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Then he now discusses all of them. All those seven spirits are the development it will take mm -hmm. to inherit, to get the reward, eternal life. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Praise the name of the Lord. Am I so clear? I think we are so clear today. Mm -hmm. So now, let's tackle this hope of the, your calling. Mm, at some point, you have to tackle it. Uh, but the Bible says we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, meaning those who are going towards perfection. Yeah. So I'm speaking wisdom right now. <coughs> Amen. 
So wisdom means that you don't go and broadcast it. And then say, <laughs> say you don't know your hope of your calling. You know? <laughs> you're not the pastor. Don't <laughs> 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 your pastor. Judy, answer your question. Yes. Okay. But I know that also we have to look for because because you have it. How do you? How do you balance? So they teach you that you have eternal life when you are born again. Uh, that's a difficult. I won't put it that way. Uh, you do have it. But the way I'll, I'll have to put it in this way because what, what you really have, what happened when you got born again, really, is that the Bible says, Who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. Do you know another name? They have many names for that spirit. Jesus called him the spirit of truth. Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible calls him the eternal spirit. So, what happened when you got born again is that eternal life, the eternal spirit joined with your spirit. Mm -hmm. You get me? And what? Let's be honest with ourselves. We don't use him. Yeah. He's there. Yes. So you have eternal life residing in your spirit, but it's to you really practically it's useless to you yeah. because you're not using it. Yes. Yes. Practically speaking, yes. it's the soul that has that should have it, Legally, that should use it to live for yeah. life because it's the soul that does life. Yeah. If your heart, if your mind does not determine to do something, you will never do it. Yes. Let's be honest with ourselves. We know we have that guilty conscience. We tell it to shut up all the time. Mm -hmm. yes. Then you have come again to live steady and leave me. I want to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. All the time. And the, you know, Kenny Hagen will say the only ghost is a perfect gentleman. He'll just be dead dormant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Waiting mm -hmm. for when you re repent mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> and submit your soul to training yes. of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Let me tell you the number one witness in all these things we are doing is the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost is not in you, I am speaking gibberish to you. I'm wasting yeah. my time. Yeah. Because I too am ministering by the Spirit. Yeah. He is in you, knows how to bless you. Amen. Do you know the scripture I wanted to start with today? For many are called and few are chosen. Matthew chapter 22. But as I sat down here, Holy Ghost. Superimposed. They superimposed me to come back to. Romans chapter 1. Even though I know that people, everybody knows this pastor. James always says the scripture. But that's what they told me to come back to. Mm. To start from that place. Why? Because the fact there's somebody here that Holy Ghost wants to impact with those foundational understanding again. Or reinforce it in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, we are coming to you. Uh, I will finish Jeannie's question. Which I'm about to teach. The rest of it I'm not about to teach. So, you have eternal life in your spirit. But somewhere, I don't like to say you have it because it's, it's not practical. Mm -hmm. You are not using it. Mm -hmm. And the, the spirit of truth, when it comes, what does it come to do? Bring you into all, all truths. Truth. So, if you are not submitting yourself for teaching of all truths, it is not, it's not operational. It's not operational. And for it to be operational, it has to be downloaded into your soul. As Peter will call it, salvation of the soul. Do you get me? Receiving the end of your faith. That faith to faith is the download. Faith to faith is the download of the life that is in your spirit as a result of teachings to bring it well up into you. So you now you use it practically. You live the life all the time. Life. And with, that is the promise. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Welcome your question. Yeah. 
Yes. When your soul has eternal life is when you have entered the kingdom fully. Um, but, but let me balance because you, you, you use Christ to enter the kingdom. You may not have the full. You will have, a, to have, you will have life to enter the kingdom. Mm -hmm. But you are on the journey to eternal life. Mm -hmm. you, are, you already know that this is where I'm going. This is the path I'm going. You are close to it. You are getting close to it. You enter the kingdom like that. Uh, why? Because let's break down kingdom. Kingdom simply means king's dominion. Mm -hmm. Yes. And where dominion is of the heart and the mind. Mm -hmm. That's where you are strong-headed. Mm -hmm. It's in your heart and in your mind. Yes. Meaning you have your own dominion. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. It's your own dominion. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to do. It's your own dominion. When you enter kingdom, it's no longer my will. Like Jesus would say, not my will, but your will. That's a man who has entered the kingdom. You're able to now subjugate I want to and say, God, Christ, what do you want? And by the time you get to that dimension, you would have known what he wants because you have gone through training of Christ. Am I communicating? You will know. Your soul will begin to know things that you need to submit to. That there are things that you used to do before that you just can't be doing it anyhow anymore. Those are the processes of submitting to the kingdom. Then when the full dominion has come into you, Christ is formed in you. You have entered the kingdom. The Bible calls it the kingdom of God and of Christ. So Christ being formed in you is a dominion that's been formed in you. It means you can now make decisions from Christ based on instructions of the doctrine of Christ. It's what we refer to as process. Christ is the process. Before you even reach outcome, you must have, you must have developed something inside you. For where you are going to be drawing from the wells of knowledge, doctrine, dominion of Christ, to now do what is his pleasure. Yes. If all that you have inside you is Christ, all you will do is God's pleasure. Yes. Yes. Because Christ is the man who pleased God. Yes. It, my son in whom I am well pleased. And this one before he got to school. How much more when he got to the cross? Mm. My son in whom I am overjoyed. Mm. Oh, God was mad. Today have I began to speak things. Like, Today have I begotten thee. Oats. 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 Began to swear concerning him. <laughs> I, God has not sworn like that since David. <laughs> and what is swore concerning Jesus is even higher than what is swore concerning David. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So it means that learn Christ, you will now know the instructions of how to please God. Mm -hmm. And once you are pleasing God, you are is that not dominion? Mm -hmm. The king, when you are pleasing the king, he has he's having his way. Mm -hmm. He's having his dominion. That is the kingdom. So the kingdom is to let God have his way in your heart and in your mind. And that cannot happen without the doctrine of Christ. Knowing what he actually likes. What God likes is Christ. So go and learn Christ. Are we blessed? Yes, sir. Paulette? Sorry, just to clarify. So, um, is, so you're saying that like, so... Yeah, you want to stay at the 2 o'clock today. We <laughs> <laughs> might ask these questions. <laughs> Yes. And once you're being renewed by the word, that kingdom is being formed. Is being formed, yes. So is it that you have to enter 
when you enter the kingdom, you have begun the process of eternal life. I don't want to go too deep into it. But eternal life has a beginning and has an end. The end, Gongo, is eternal life. The beginning is everlasting life. Everlasting life is the anchor that will bring you to eternal life. Everlasting life is like, everlasting life is like the, the face of eternal the, it, the dimension that eternal life projects that you can learn. Yes. So everlasting life is a dimension of eternal life. In fact, once you have everlasting life, and not to confuse anybody, but that's what it is. Once you have everlasting life, you 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 have laid hold on eternal life because you cannot have everlasting life and not go and not get eternal life. So eternal life has I know I may not confuse anybody. But just get that entering into the kingdom will take Christ and Christ is life. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And in that kingdom, you can still increase in life unto fullness of life, which is eternal life. But God knows by the dimension of when you enter the kingdom, God knows between you and God, both of you know you are not going anywhere. That's why they are sure that you have eternal life. Because by the time you enter the kingdom, you're, I see people at the back with question. By the time you enter the kingdom, Christ has been formed in you. The man who enters the kingdom is the man who has, entered, who has come to the fullness of Christ. You have entered the kingdom. Christ has been formed in you. It means that between you and God, everybody knows you are not going anywhere. And so God can now take his time to teach you the rest of it, which is called eternal life. Uh-huh. So you already have an anchor. You have a hold. You, have, you know when you anchor, when you hold the anchor of a boat, you've gotten the boat. Yeah. You, just, you have had a hold of eternal life. You just need to now finish the course of it. Questions at the back? Just speak up. Speak up. Yes. The day Jesus Christ is revealed. Yeah, okay. Let's compare. Hi. You your question. You are ready to stay to 2 o'clock to deal. Hey guys, say some things I have to say. Should I just suspend time? Let's just enter timeless operation. You know? <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. I think I made a, I made a new year resolution that one thirty will close, and uh, well, one thirty can mean one thirty five. You get me? Yeah. <laughs> Ish. God's time is different. Yeah. Thank you, my sister. <laughs> Let's see what, what we're going to do for that uh, for that EVS question. We're going to compare two scriptures. So it was Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And we're going to compare it to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 to 14. And we'll use the comparison. Yes. 1 Timothy chapter 6. You see there's a similar end appearing of Jesus Christ. So it means they are, they are related. Amen? Mm-hmm. 
First Timothy chapter six, from verse. Alright, uh, pastor, let me. Verse First Timothy chapter six, verse six to. Verse twelve to fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Fourteen is actually the. Fourteen is actually the main one. Yeah. Right, Ivy, are you there? It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Run unto thou also at call. That is seen is a fight. Lay hold on eternal life. It's the good fight of faith. Meaning it's the good fight of hearing and hearing by the word. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Not so. That you may learn on eternal life. Run unto thou. That's the, you know, that eternal life there is the one I said. It's, the call, it's really everlasting life. It's the one that you hold. That God, both, you are, both you and God and everybody will know that you get eternal life. Once you hold that thing. Once you lay hold on that thing. That's Christ being formed in you. Because that laying hold comes by fighting the fight of hearing. And hearing of the doctrine of Christ. Meaning the word of God. So when Christ is formed in you. You've anchored. You've, hold on, you've held something. You've laid hold on something. That everybody knows. You yourself you know you are not turning back from. And the moment they know you are not turning back from it. They know that once you finish the journey. Your eternal life has finished. You have it all. Praise the name of the Lord. Then he now says, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things before Jesus Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment. What commandment? The fight of faith. The fight of hearing and hearing by the word. Without spot, unrebukable, until what? Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now, Philippians 1 6 says that. Philippians 1.6 was saying that being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in who? In you. What work is that? The formation of Christ in you. Yeah, until you appear. Until that appearing. Yeah. And that appearing, who is Jesus with? It's not physical appearing. Who is Jesus? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh. It means if you eat his flesh, it's what you are eating. If you drink his blood, you see why he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. It's what you are eating. So now, if you have finished all the fight of it, which is hearing all the doctrine of Christ, who would appear? Jesus. Jesus Christ. The fullness. That's what we call the fullness of Christ. That's the work he's doing. Uh, is that clear? That's the work he's doing. He's walking. That's why you have to, you're walking, walking, he's teaching. He's many. To, for you to finish all the many, it would take seasons of work, mm -hmm. of training. But the day you finished, fullness has appeared. Mm -hmm. His fullness has appeared. Mm -hmm. Now, one more scripture just to buttress the good work. It says that he who has begun a good work in you will, prefer, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's see Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And we'll, we'll, we'll stop that on there. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship. We are his what? Workmanship. Created in who? In Christ Jesus unto what? Unto good works, as it. Which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. And this is after verse 8 says, For you are saved by grace. It means this work, this good work, is the work you do after you get born again. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Oh, this is the work you do after what? 
get born again. After you get born again. You see that? This is where, you know, many people use this Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It's another scripture, like, just like the Luke 1 we read, that unskillful people we used to summarize. Once saved, forever saved. But we are saved by grace. Why are you talking too much? <laughs> but we are saved. Is that all they say? But we are saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It means any work that you did before you got born again does not count. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You are saved by grace, meaning you got born again by the finished work of the cross. There is nothing you did in your life that deserves you being born again, getting that gift of salvation. But now, Jesus, God is now saying, after you are born again, you have, God now owns you. You are now a work, his own work. It is God who worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You are now his own work. To develop you in good works, which is Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. You have, go ahead, sister, my sister, go ahead. You're on the right track already. Exactly. You need the help of God. That's very critical. So can two work together except they agree? There's one dimension you need the help of God. He's always ready for the offer his help. The second dimension, you hunger and test for righteousness. That's that's your your role. Meaning you must be becoming, you must be hungry, you must be listening to messages, you must be studying your Bible. You must be doing those things that are necessary. Be committing yourself to those things that are necessary for your development. It's in the place of the world that the God will come and bring the help. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm yes. sorry. Because this was no, an argument yesterday. So, okay. I'm of the opinion that we eat to live, right? And um, working to make money it fulfills that path. So yes. say I've set a random date that I want to, you know, study the word like Tuesday night or ni- nine o'clock or something. And I know that I'm never going to work Tuesday night. But one day the devil is like um, uses my boss and is like, oh, you have to deploy this thing, and this thing doesn't finish deploying. 9 p.m. is gone. I still not finished it. 10 p.m., 11 p.m. How do I? And it goes like there's one off, and nice. then it goes over and over again. Yeah. So how do I come back to my routine? Because I know that Tuesday night is the best time, like so it's like a renewal time for me, yes, whereby yes. I renew myself in the word. Yes. So how do I come back to that routine? You know, fulfilling my eat to leave. And mm-hmm. then the word of God. Okay. Mm. Uh, this your question is very because um, you will need the Holy Ghost here. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yeah, you will need the Holy Ghost here because um, the Bible says that the heart of the king is the hand of the Father. He turns it wherever he wants to turn. Now, is the devil that entered that your boss? Because <laughs> no, let's be very sincere. <laughs> because you, this is a, this is a, this is a time you have for God. 
Why is it that time that your boss chose? Something, something is in the boss. <laughs> and you can now another thing is that you can't disobey your boss. Yes. You yes. can't. Holy Ghost will not allow you to disobey your boss. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, number one, you have to pray. You have to pray. First, you have to pray. Then secondly, Holy Ghost can lead you that you can change the date. He knows what is happening. He can tell you that okay, from now on, choose another time. And he will help you manage it. Do you get? Because you have to be diligent in work too. Yes. You have to be very diligent. You can't use because of the sake of spirituality. Even being diligent at work is being spiritual. Yes, exactly. Do you get? Yeah. You being diligent at work is being spiritual. So you must manage your work well. Any work God has put into your hand, you must be diligent with it. That's spirituality. Do you get what I'm saying? So obviously God knows the heart of your boss. God knows your own heart. Do you get what I'm saying? He will help you manage it. Before you know he will bring a leading. Another thing is that he can even touch the heart of your boss. Do you get what I'm saying? Either of the two. But at the end of the day, you must rely on the Holy Ghost. Now, before the Holy Ghost now brings the solution, don't fight your boss. <laughs> Be very careful. Do you get what I'm saying? In the scriptures, the Bible says that let every... He said it in place of slave, but we are not slaves, right? But we can relate it to boss. Let every slave submit to his master as unto the Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? It works like that with our supervisors too. Even me, I have to come to that place. That my supervisor, I have to listen to him as if he's my boss. Do you get what I'm saying? But in that place, you now have to go to God. And God has a way of adjusting those things. You must trust God and be patient too. Many times, that could even be prior of your faith. It can be. Yeah. Praise God. Wonderful. I'll, I'll add just one thing from my own experience as practically and in addition. When I was faced with this situation in one of my previous workplaces, that it was just like that. Um, God gave me a wisdom to audio Bible. God taught me that there is no second. Even while I'm trying, to, I'm almost dozing off. I'm see if I'm still hearing audio Bible. It may not be as perfect because it's a season. It will change. Like Femi yes, says, yes. Holy Ghost will change the season eventually. But uh, but you have to be diligent at work. So what you can just do is that. For that, for some days, you can just be doing audio Bible. God told me that there is no minute you spend in my presence that you will not, you will not catch something. Mm. Because the Satan, Satan will not come and rely to you that you are wasting your time. You need to sit down and actually read the Bible. Yes. You get me? But you are just in a phase, a season in your life. Jobs change, but God doesn't change. Yeah. You get me? Uh, sometimes job, the tediousness of work has seasons too. Yeah. And it, maybe winter is not as busy. Do you get me? So those things will change. But in every single time, just make sure that you are still able to plug into something. So remember, family, we will even sleep up on mess. We will sleep off on messages and dream about the and message. About the message. <laughs> and when I wake up in the morning, it was a miracle that God had to do for us in that season because yes. He knew that that was the season we were in. Yes. Yeah. Praise God. Okay, Hallelujah. So I think uh, I, I don't even need to take permission. <laughs> I'm permitted to let me be merciful. I'm permitted to go to 145. Is that okay? Does anybody have any issues with that? My sister said it's at 2 o'clock. I said 2 o'clock. No, I said I want to be merciful. Does anybody have any contrary, any issues with that? 145 on the dot. Yeah, like, we're not oh. able to have, so like, you put there on, and then now, like, I'm actually like, really to stay. Oh, 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 oh
deal with people in the body. People you talk to, people you give, you share emotional discussions with, people you take counsel from, you get, are people in the body. Do you get what I'm saying? I guess, okay, so my example is, so the church that I, I started going to, and honestly, I've gone there on and off for about two, three years, but they're Christians, but the way that they go about it is a different pace. Not that it's a bad way, it's just a different pace from how I I, I learn, my learning process, right? But, um, so there's also a different church, but it's far from me. It's almost a two hour drive from me. I try to go there almost every Sunday, but it's difficult. But I find that I learn better when I go to that church and there's like, I can build a community, right? But because I couldn't do that all the time, I'm now finding, I found myself slacking a lot mm. because I don't feel, welcome is not the word, I just don't feel enough you know what? much in Christ. Let's answer this question after the meeting. We will soon finish. Okay. Let me talk to you after. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's begin to round it up. Back to Ephesians chapter 1. I want to make the hope of our calling explicitly clear. But it says you preach wisdom amongst them. And perfect, meaning those who are in the journey of perfection. Amen. Absolutely clear. The Bible says, and what Peter says, do everything to make your what? Your calling and election sure. Thank you. Do everything to make your what? Your calling and election sure. Amen. Yeah, it's very important. It's very important. Amen. So, I was saying here from verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 1, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know, so uh, what I was establishing is that before the eyes of your understanding was enlightened, you did not know mm-hmm. the hope of your calling. If you can just humbly accept that, then that's the beginning of solution to now know the hope of your calling. So whatever you knew before as hope of your calling is not the hope of your calling. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? Because you will need light to understand it. Mm-hmm. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see that, that Peter, where he says, do everything to make your calling an election sure. It's 2 Peter chapter 1. I believe that is it. Yes. That's verse 10. But he has said a lot. That's another message. But he has said a lot before he got there. And part of the things you are saying is that besides this, verse 5, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. You are just discussing the process of Christ's learnings. The attributes you begin to pick up as you are well-versed in the, in the doctrine of Christ. Giving all this, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance. So one of the virtues of Christ is that you become temperate in all things. You become more about you patience. And then to patience, godliness, meaning you are entering charity now. You see, because charity is about to come. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Now, verse 8 says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you 
that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. For he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Yes, that is it. I mentioned this last Saturday about seeing afar off. There's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Seeing afar off. You need knowledge mm -hmm. to be able to see afar off. Mm. Amen. And cannot see afar off. And has forgotten that he was, he was poured from his old sins. Verse 10. Wherefore the rather, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling an election sure. For if you do these things, you shall what? Never, Never fail. fail. Then he now says, for it means if you do these things, look at verse 11. Watch carefully, everybody. Are we there? Verse 11. He says, For if you do these things, you shall never fail. Now, if you do these things, what will now happen to you in verse 11? For an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It means those things up to charity. Charity is a pinnacle. It means charity is the fullness of Christ and is the access into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. When you've come to charity, an entrance shall be ministered. It's a ministration. Yes. When entrance, in, entrance into the kingdom is still a teaching. Yes. They will now teach you into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. An entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Now, we are now touching hope of your calling. That everlasting, do you see the word everlasting kingdom? So that's everlasting life. Once you enter the kingdom, you've anchored life. You've touched the tail. Reverend calls it the tail of eternal life. You've hooked the anchor. It means you are going to get the life. Praise the name of the Lord. So we are now touching. Why did I now call it everlasting again? I want to talk, I want to just touch on this in the last 20 minutes I have. Is this kingdom? This is your calling. Is entrance. An entrance and is by ministration. As Colossians chapter 2 will say, as you have been taught. Rooted as you have been taught. Built up as you have been taught. Established as you have been taught. Everything in is in God's dimension is teaching. Even when God wants to instruct you on what to do, He will teach you. Yes. Is <laughs> a professor, professor emeritus. Mm -hmm. The father. He will teach you into the kingdom. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I want to show you now. Let's, I want to just move into the, this concept of everlasting. What it means. So I begin to understand this hope of your calling. So there are two scriptures we are going to visit and close. So remember verse 11 here says. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Why? When would the entrance be ministered unto you? If you do these things. Not so? Are we clear? Everyone at the back, you can hear me? If you do these things, what things? The things that lead to charity. It started with faith. Do everything to add to your faith. It started with faith and ended in charity. So charity, a man who has come to, who has done faith, hope and charity, is a charity man that they minister kingdom to. Meaning is a charity man that they minister everlasting life to. Is a charity man that they minister an abundant entrance into the kingdom. What's abundant entrances into our God? That's so that's all. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we see Hebrews chapter 12 now? Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, glory to God. 
Glory to God. The sweetness is of the message is coming at the end. Imagine. Amen. Are we seeing the are you seeing the way? It's clear. Black are you seeing it? Are you seeing the, the way? It's Christ is the way. Mm-hmm. Learning Christ until fullness, until charity is the way. Then when you have become charity, they will minister in abundance. An entrance abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our God. Another praise. Are you with us? Do you hear me? Are you seeing that? Entrance into the kingdom. God will want you to enter into the kingdom, but there's a process to enter. There's a way to come into it. It's who's the way? Christ is the way. The learning of Christ. You can't stop it all. You can never. Hmm? Are you hearing me, my baby? I say you cannot stop it. You are doing yourself if you stop it. Because to enter, even after you've learned Christ and you are now charity, they will still teach you again. They will minister to you again, your entrance. What is God trying to culture? God is trying to culture a culture of him being a teacher and you being his people. His people. Teaching will not end all. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you think you'll be doing in eternal life, in eternity? Hmm? Do you think I'll be using Blackberry to call, to call my wife, to call Femi? Femi, how are you doing now? How are you now? <laughs> Femi will be the kingdom between us now. Amen. By God's grace, do you think we'll be driving Mercedes Benz? Have you? As I saw that there's Philip Airways. <laughs> you know, Philip moved from Israel to Ethiopia. So that operation is the Holy Ghost, it was the Spirit. It's the mm-hmm. same Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a meat or drink. Well, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I only car. So what, what am I going to be doing? And now we sit at his feet. He will be blessing me. He will be blessing us. Day in, day out. I will live by what he is saying. So teaching the culture of being taught. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are learning the culture of life. Oh, can we, can we write that down? Say it, whatever, just keep it to yourself. The culture of being taught, you are learning the culture of life. Even this morning I was taught, I streamed the School of the Spirit from Thursday, Lagos, EJFM. And I was blessed. The title of the message was The Power of Eternal Life. Mm-hmm. If you want to go and listen to it, it was powerful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get me? The power, the power of eternal life. So we are all being taught. And we must imbibe the culture. It's not just that we are learning one day, we'll finish learning God. No, it's a we will develop a culture of being under God. Learning from God. Are we blessed? Are you still with me? Amen. So I'm rounding up. I'm rounding up. Let's say Hebrews chapter 12. I had to do that New Year resolution of 130 because the way the pastor of this church was talking to me, I was like, oh, when, when do we have to leave the place? Ah, no, you have the place the whole day. I said, ah, so I don't say that. I'm not going to be saying that kind of thing. <laughs> we are not 30 minute kind of thing. <laughs> Give us time. You know what so I mean? <laughs> Amen. 
it's not better than Central Lagos. Central Lagos, by 1.30 or 12.30, the lady will start coming up and start looking at you. You know, you know that you have to be rounding up and be going. Control the message. Amen. So we've made New Year resolution. Well, we are keeping to it as much as we can. And we're doing very well. So we're rounding up in the next 10-15 minutes. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. No fret. From verse 22. But ye are come to Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, and to the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of judge, just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, verse 25. See that ye refuse not him who that. Are we there? See that ye refuse not him that. Speak on earth. What does that mean? Meaning the one who is teaching you. What is he saying? He's teaching you. He's teaching you. He's speaking. Refuse him not. For if they escaped that. Who, if they escaped not. Who refused him that speak on earth. Because how much more shall we not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? Mm. How did I say this thing comes by? Did I not say revelation? So who really is speaking? It's from heaven. It's a revelation that's flowing, revealed righteousness that's flowing from heaven. Amen. So how can we as much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? Verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth? Then. Because someone was speaking from the earth, he shook the earth. But now that he's speaking from heaven, it's not only earth, he's going to shake. Mm -hmm. It means those words are powerful. He said, Then he shook the earth, but now he had promised, saying, Yet once more, I will shake not the earth only, but also heaven. This is the end time operation you are going to see. It's a shaking. When you talk about the great tribulation, it's a shaking. The people are asking, Is coronavirus from God? I said, No. Mm. You are not saying anything yet. When God starts his own, you will know. <laughs> Amen. It says, And yet this word, yet, yet once more, signify the removing of those things that are shaking, then what? As of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaking, those things which cannot be shaking. Now, what they want to explain what cannot be shaking. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. It means everlasting substances cannot be shaken. Do you hear me? It means what? Everlasting substances cannot be moved, cannot be shaken. Is it wherefore we receiving a kingdom means you are not what does the word receiving mean? You don't have it yet. Somebody is, is somebody with me today. Receiving something, I don't have it yet. It is coming to me. Actually, what is happening is that I am drawing near to it. He said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Uh -huh. you as you are drawing near to it, you are receiving it. It's coming closer to you. Wherefore, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us have grace. Now, not the word that cannot be removed. Everlasting. I'm connecting those words. Everlasting. Cannot be removed. Not so. Cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may save God what? We may serve God what? Acceptably with reverence. With reverence 
with reverence and what? And godly fear. Oh my God, oh my God, this thing is many. Remember, who started you in knowing him? Which, which, which of the dimensions of the Holy Ghost started you in knowing him? Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and revelation. What's the next two arms? Counsel, Counsel and might. What's the next two ones? Knowledge and, and of the fear, fear of the Lord. The, by the time you get to the fear of the Lord, godly fear, mm -hmm. you have entered the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Because in the kingdom, we serve God acceptably. With reverence yes, and godly fear. Yes. Hmm. For our God is a consuming fire. Let's see this God again. Yeah. And these things are hope of all, all these things are kingdom is the hope of your calling. For there is the eternal life, everlasting life, and eternal life. That is your true hope of calling. I want to see it one more time. Hebrews chapter one. Those these things, these themes are reoccurring. That cannot be moved. Everlasting. Our God is great. Let's see it again. So, because of the greatness of our God. The Bible says, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Because of the greatness of our God. For you to dwell with him in this place. You must, they must teach you meekness. They must teach you fear. And they don't just teach you. You know, say, oh, I love God, I obey. No, it's a lie. We know. We don't obey him. The moment you will say that we obey him, your, the moment the next morning, your conscience will say, Do this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process to get to godly fear. Because you will need to have godly fear to dwell in this presence, in that kingdom. Oh, Jesus. Because of how great he is. Thank you so much. And let's see it one more time. This is still tied to the hope of our calling. Hebrews chapter 1. And we'll close here. Oh my God. You should fear God, though. Mm. I beg you. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, don't listen to the Westerners. <laughs> There's no God. <laughs> no sense. Just walk out pants. You get me? <laughs> we we they are fools. Mm. Fool, it turns the wisdom of the wise to foolishness. Now let's see it. Verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 1. As we round up. And thou, Lord, in the beginning, had laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens and the earth. The earth. Thou, thou Lord, in the beginning, has laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the works of thine hands. What will happen, verse 11? Can we read it together, verse 11? They shall perish. But thou remainest. Are you seeing that terminology again? A, wherefore you are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Mm -hmm. It's the kingdom of a being who remainest. Amen? Amen. It says, But thou remainest, and they shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture, what is vesture? Clothes. Clothes. Shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same. Thou art the same. Everlasting nature. Immovable rock. And thy years. And thy years shall not fail. That's your everlasting. Now, this is why you need to serve God with reverence and God with fear. He said he would change the heavens like what? 
like a cloth. I want to show you just one of the angels that dwell in the heaven. He wants to change as a cloth. Let's see Revelation chapter 10. Just one of the angels that he wants to change the heaven where they live. Then you will now, now use, use this to, to connect who is this God? How is God like? Revelation chapter 10. Femi, help me read. The phone, right? Yes. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his Very head. Very described, clothed with a cloud. Rainbow upon his head. Go ahead, sir. His face was as it were the sun. Imagine his face. You see his face. Can you look at the sun? Mm. That's his face. Mm -hmm. Like it were the sun. Go ahead. And his feet as pillar of fire. Pillar of fire. And he had his hand a little book open okay and he set his right foot upon the sea the sea and his left foot upon the earth upon the earth one angel one angel he set his right foot upon the what the sea, the sea. and his left foot upon his the what the earth where does he live in, in heaven then god now say i change heaven like i change my clothes who is this you now say you want to enter the kingdom now be talking anyhow <laughs> <laughs> I just be doing whatever you want to do. That some of these angels, John saw them, you bow down and want to worship them. Yet God said, I changed them like I changed sweater. Hi, Jesus Christ. So it means that we must quake in fear. They must teach you the fear of the Lord. They will teach you how to reverence God so you can live in peace with such a great God. Because when you enter the kingdom, you are living in God's house. Do you get me? You are living inside God's house. That's where he also sleeps too. That, if it, I'm just using that as an example. He doesn't sleep, but that's where he rests. So, if you come and live in my house, you have to bring my grace now. Have you heard me? Mm -hmm. huh? You have to you have to manage yourself properly. How much more God? So the whole reason for the training of Christ is to teach you how to comport yourself. They say the teacher you may know how to comport yourself in the house of God, meaning church. How much more comport yourself in the kingdom of God? The reason for all the Christ training is the development of meek spirits. It giveth grace to the humble. The sacrifices of God are a meek spirit and a contrite heart. To develop the meekness necessary to dwell with such a great God. Can we begin to appreciate Him this afternoon? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've been blessed. Like, seriously blessed. Praise God.
So after this message, the thought has just come to my mind. So what next? Am I going to commit my life to the journey of the kingdom? Or I will just hear Cherubim shine for you.